More spanking with Chris Morales, apparently. <laughs> it is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. What do you got, Greg? <laughs> this is one of my favorite bits of the things now. Uh, anyway, so Russell Wilson has been in the news a lot recently, basically after he uh, kind of called out uh, – so what? Sorry, Laura. I'm saying something here. Um, I was in the news because she, he was didn't was well, he's upset with the Seahawks. Sorry, I got like, backed up there. But you're uh, okay. You, you okay? Hold on, hold on. Let, let's explore this. Some. Are you okay? <laughs> Did you have a stroke? Yes. What happened? A little bit. There might have been a little bit of a stroke. I was in the middle of something. Something was in my ear saying that I was underwater sounding. You didn't so sound great at first it. either. So maybe there was there was some technical aspect to it. Sure, but go ahead. Okay. I mean, so now, but now you were I doing okay. so well yesterday as the journalist Gregory Bergman, <laughs> and I feel like. Um, it, this one is throwing you off. Go ahead. Greg, you're yeah. right, man. One, I'm just worried One day about at a time. One yeah. day at a time, guys. Yeah. But so the odds for Russell Wilson's next oh. team are out. Yeah. And the Las Vegas Raiders are the number one team, apparently, with at a plus 300. The Cowboys are plus 600. The Jags plus seven. And the Washington football team at plus 800. What do you think of those odds? And we'll start with LZ. Uh, I don't think he's being traded. Okay, Scott. I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm I mean, I don't I'm think thinking, he's either. To be honest, I know, but 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 but, <laughs> but, it's, but I'm literally like sitting here, and the, the dead silence. I was thinking, like I was really there was really rattling going on inside my head. So, okay, the question is, if if Russell Wilson were to leave the Seahawks for some reason, where would he go? And the odds were that the Raiders were the odds-on favorite. Is that right? Yes. Russell Wilson in Vegas with John Gruden. Hmm. I don't know about that. I do not know about that one right there. I'm with LZ. I don't think that Pete Carroll, although all the reports are that the Seahawks are very unhappy with what Russell Wilson did by kind of airing out that he doesn't like getting hit. We understand. You don't like to get hit. We got it. Um, but as much as the organization may not be happy with him, I don't think they're letting him go. I don't think they're trading him. Yeah, I I'm with the guys. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere. You don't just tra – look, we went through this before. Like, people forget – I know, LZ, you brought this up earlier where, you know, he's kind of taken a different position since dating Sierra, right? His personality has kind of changed a little bit. Yeah. Um, and if you remember when he first got with Sierra, he – there was rumors about wanting to go to the Giants. Do you remember that, LZ? Uh, I don't recall those, but I could see him wanting, especially initially – Maybe wanting to be at a more entertainment central area. Yeah. So I, this isn't the first time. While I don't think he'll be traded because he wasn't traded back then either, and they squashed those rumors because you don't trade a guy who is a top five quarterback unless you're bumbling idiots like the Houston Texans. I don't think he's going anywhere. I also think this is just a ruse because Greg Bergman is a Raider fan mm -hmm. and he's not being Gregory Bergman, the journalist. He just wants his team to be really good again. I'm just reading a story. If it happens to go towards my team, then that's where it kind of goes. I tell you, know? you this right now: there's there's no way. I, I said Russell Wilson would probably retire or go play baseball before he'd go play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Seriously, I mean, there's no way, no way. I don't see it. Yeah, I, honestly, why wouldn't Russell Wilson go to like if he wants to go to like a glamour team? Why wouldn't he go to the Cowboys if Dak leaves? I just like, don't think he's going anywhere. 
No, I don't either. But I'm saying, like, why would why would the Raiders be the odds-on favorite? That's just the strange part to me. I don't I don't get that. But anyway, all right, Greg, what's next? All right, so there is a uh, a hack out there for people. So you know when you're texting and you're trying to say the f word and it comes out ducking. Yeah, duck. Yeah. Yeah, when it comes out duck and it's very frustrating. Yes. There is actually a hack that is out there to fix this for you now. Okay. So and that what they're saying is that you should. The simple thing is to um, go into your phone and make it a contact and make it a effing F, basically, but actually put out the entire words, and then it will no longer change it to huh. ducking. Huh. That's interesting because that I curse a lot. Um, yes, you no. do. This, is really? just, this was really? specifically for you, George. Yeah, I, mean, you I make curse me a lot. Sound good. And, you make me sound clean. My goodness. And it really does annoy me when I'm texting and I've got to, you know, I got it comes up duck or ducking. It's like, come on. We know we're trying to say something else. That's okay? some censorship is what that is. Yeah. So, um, all right. I mean, that feels silly. Like I, But I feel like if you're going to pick someone to be the bleeping bleep, like you probably should pick the person in your contacts <laughs> that is the biggest bleeping bleep, right? <laughs> so check. for you, be I me. I freaking hate it. I hate spell check. No, Greg, I know way bigger <laughs> bleeps than you. Come on. <laughs> Get out of here. Don't flatter yourself, Bergman. You're not that much of a bleeping bleep. Yeah, I know way bigger bleeps than you. It's not even close. Like you're not even in the same stratosphere, some of the bleeps I know. Uh, but anyway, all right, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Um, real quick, let's get into Trevor Bauer. We'll get back into Trevor Bauer because we never got a chance to actually get into it because we had Raheem join us and we were thankful to have him. By the way, LZ, how awesome was he? He was great. Man. He was fantastic, especially, you know, talking about navigating through COVID as a coach through all of this. Um, I always find that part interesting because so often we say focus in on the fans because they're not there or the players because they had to go through so much in the protocols. But – I mean, this virus, this pandemic, in fact, impacts sports from the top down. And coaches have to navigate a lot. So it was really interesting to hear him just kind of share a little bit of what, you know, from his perspective, how all of this impacted him. Yeah, I, I thought he was great, man. Uh, you know, a lot. He was, he was fantastic. And he gave us such great, great material for the next time McVay is on. <laughs> good Lord, so good. Oh, um, it's right. But now that I've, I'm really staring, I'm looking at the picture of Sean. I'm trying to see if he can move. Yeah. I think he probably can move a little bit. I don't know if he can go full Justin Timberlake, though. No, he's he too short. Quarterback. Nah, he played he's quarterback. He played quarterback. No, but he's too short and stocky. He's not lean enough. He's not tall and lean enough to go Justin Timberlake. No. Mm. Yeah, we got to see. Yeah, maybe we can get him to do a viral video for us. Maybe we should like coax him into that. You <laughs> we know, should do a TikTok. He he does we'll, he he does get a little loose with us here on the show. So maybe we'll we can just get wait until the wedding. Yeah, and see oh, what happens yes. with the dance. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's the move. There we go. That is the move. Um, speaking of bravado, normally Trevor Bauer has a lot of bravado, but he was introduced to the Dodgers today, and he felt subdued, which was weird. Um, so. You know, Laura, earlier we played a cut um, about asking about pressure, right? And, you know, forget that cut for a second. Because he was asked about pressure, about joining a team that's already won a championship. And he gave like a very nonchalant, boring, cliched answer, which was surprising to me and funny in an ironic way because on Twitter, he's kind of one of these Twitter tough guys, right? And I'm not trying to say that in, uh, you know, to demean his work on the field. 
But look, it, it is a thing, right? Like his personality on Twitter seems different. And there, that is a phenomenon that I don't believe is just um, related to athletes by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, I think it's mostly correlated with regular people, right? Because they feel some anonymity uh, when they're on social media and feel like they can be a little more of a pain in the rear. So he was asked about some of the issues he's had on social media, including some misogyny and the way he's treated women specifically on social media. And, you know, the, the L.A. local media kept pelting him with this stuff. And here's what he said about that. Yeah, I think Andrew said it best. Everyone makes mistakes in the past. Um, I try to learn from them. I try to learn as quickly as I possibly can. I try to understand other people's viewpoints on things and be better in the future. Um, I think if you look at uh, that, my history as, as a baseball player, my history on social media, my history as a person, for those who know me well, um, they'll see that I apply that process to everything that I do. I'm committed to doing that moving forward as well. And ultimately, I'm here to be a positive impact on anyone that I can be, um, both in the community, in the clubhouse, on the field, at the stadium, whatever the case is. So I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to win with this with this group. I'm excited to interact with the Dodger fans and uh, in the community of L.A. I grew up here. I've been a long time. Uh, you know, I, I spent 20 years here before I, uh, you know, signed professionally. I've, my parents are still here. I'm a member of the community. I still consider myself a member of the community, and I look forward to having a positive impact on the community. So here's what I would say, LZ, and, and I'd love to hear Cap's opinion. And we're going to get to the calls because a lot of people want to chime in on this conversation we were just having previously in the last segment about uh, the fans at the stadiums and arenas and if it affects your viewing experience. But I, I am a general believer, okay, that I don't like to judge people by their worst moments, okay? Or, you know, if, especially if it's singular. Uh, you know, maybe you give somebody once or twice. You know, three or four times, it's a multiple occurring thing. Then I'm like, mm. now I want to believe him, and I hope it's cool because he's really awesome at what he does. Um, I, I can compartmentalize the art from the artist. Like, I, I can do that too because we do that in sports all the time. Um, but what did you make of just kind of his entree into the marketplace and just that particular discussion point right there? Well, it's just an intelligent approach to handle the, the you know, the press conference. You know, you don't want to be – you know, contrite. You don't want to be antagonistic to a media that you're going to have to deal with for the next couple of seasons. So he did what he needed to do um, on day one. The question is, you know, whether or not he actually believes the words he was saying. Right. And we won't know that until he has a bad outing and people get on him on Twitter and then we see him how he responds. Because I think his interactions on social media has occurred enough that it's not a mistake, it was him. And so now you're asking yourself, okay, that was him then, who is he now? Right, and I think that's a perfect way to say it. Like, people are going to antagonize him because that's what social media is. People just want to screw with you for the most part. Now, look, we got a very nice I, – I, I shouldn't say that. 95% of my social media interactions are very nice. 5% are people who really just want to get a rise out of people, right? Like, that, that generally has been my experience over – 12-plus years of being on social media. Uh, but, Cap, let me ask you this. Because I, I, while I agree, with L, I agree with LZ, I think LZ brought up an interesting point about the, the tact that he took. Because we've all been covering sports for a very long time here. And winning the press conference, that, that goes a long way, at least initially, until you actually have to hit the field, right? So the way I look at it is this. You know, if you're covering the team and you're covering the player and the story – 
Um, you're, you're asking questions that you think, quote unquote, must be asked. I've got to ask these questions. He's had some tweets in the past that have been questionable. I will be totally transparent. I don't know what they are. Okay, I followed Trevor Bauer on social media because I thought it was funny that he seemed to be trolling teams all the time. He right. was always trolling fan bases like, um, hey, I might come play for you guys or, hey, what would you think of me in this uniform? I like the fact that he's social media savvy. He made his announcement on YouTube, but I really haven't taken the time to go back and find texts or tweets or whatever that are supposed to be misogynistic. By the way, hard word to say, had to look it up. The thing is, is that... I don't, you don't ever want to be called any of these things. Right. You don't want to be known as he makes misogynistic comments and tweets. So I'm with LZ. I think you're right. Look, you come in, you say the right things. Hey, I'm a part of the community. Hey, I grew up here. Yo, my parents still live here. I want to contribute to the community. Okay. It's like ramble, 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 and try and get people to not ask you about these kinds of things. I haven't looked them up. I don't know what was said. I just find him an entertaining follow. 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard. 877-710-3776. Let me squeeze in Henry and Hermosa Beach, uh, who wants to discuss what we were discussing just a few moments ago uh, about the television experience, your viewing experience. How does it feel with no fans in the stands, whether it's basketball, football, etc.? Henry. Hey, I'm on speaker. Sorry. Um, yeah, so LZ's experience, while interesting, really isn't – it's kind of a unique experience. So that that – you know, doesn't really matter that much. And, and, and Georgia's experience is also very unique. I think the more common experience is, is mine, which is it has made a big difference on, on my experience in watching all sporting events. I wasn't sure if it would at the beginning, but it has. And, um, yeah, definitely, definitely has, has changed the way I watch it. Yeah, I mean, when you watch a game, like I, I'll give you an example. I was watching some of, you know, I just happened to have my television on earlier today on Spectrum, and they're just playing, you know, highlights all day long of Laker games from years past. And when you see a big game and there's 18,000 people in an arena and the, and the floor, around the floor is jam-packed with people and they're all standing up and you, you can see, you can feel the buzz, the energy. I thought, well, I'm not going to miss that as a TV viewer because it's just a ball game. See, you said it. Uh, an, it's a difference between a sporting event versus just watching a ball game on TV. This, to me, looks summer leaguey versus bubbly. You understand? Yeah, that no, sense? I get it. The bubble experience was different, and we can continue this discussion a little bit at 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. Uh, coming up next, though, uh, we want to talk about last night's game and really just kind of the Lakers as a whole here <laughs> and what's been transpiring because there is a level of concern, I think, with an, an angst amongst the Laker faithful, and we're going to touch on some of that coming up in just a moment. Stick around. We're going to be back in two and a half minutes. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. See, you're playing my fa one of my favorite songs from my favorite band, but also I want to laugh at Chris Morales finally turning on Scott Kaplan. Look at that. See how quickly that happens, Kaplan, oh, with he, him? He turned, on, he turned on me yesterday when... Um, 
we were talking about how uh, Warren Sapp was coming on with uh, Keyshawn this morning. Right. And, and, you know, you guys were talking about the big beef between Keyshawn and, and Sapp. And I was like, well, tell me more about it. And you guys were like, what, you don't know about this? And I'm like, yeah. like, faintly, I remember it, but I'm sure there's other people that might not. And so then Chris was like, what, what's your deal, man? Like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, come on. There's other people that might not know. No, not possible. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe. Maybe, but I like that he took a swipe at you. I but know, on, he's, he's see, but that was on nasty. text. That wasn't mm-hmm. like uh, you know over the imaging for everyone to hear. Now yeah. I feel like you're you're part of the station when Morales is taking shots at you because all like this it. sucking up he's been doing to yeah. you. Like who the hell cares about it's that? It's uncomfortable for me, believe me. Right, I bet. You know. You know. I mean, he kind of does that, LZ. Right? Like he's just uh, uh, Morales uncomfortable. Those are like synonyms. Well, you know, it's his it's his cocaine. It keeps him high. <laughs> <laughs> is an excellent way to describe it actually um so anyway um (laughs) earlier i like er, earlier today we were talking about the lakers right and just kind of everything that's been going on um and and look they've been playing some close games they've played three straight overtime games the first time since 1991 you know back since you know james worthy and magic and everybody was around so it's been a minute since this has happened and we were talking about the levels of concern. And, LZ, you had several levels of concerns for this team, and we were kind of posing them to the audience. And, and you even you even want to – I know there's an extra layer even to the three we initially discussed you'd like to throw in. So what are the levels of concern for the audience right now? Well, there are three main considerations the coach needs to juggle, right? There's the seating question. There is the question of AD's health. And then there's obviously the workload of LeBron James. Um, He needs to be aware of all three. I don't know how they feel about the seeding, but the way that things are shaking out now, um, the Clippers will be a second-round match. Now, I don't know if Utah can keep this up, but they've been playing fantastic ball, especially since Shaq called out Donovan Mitchell awkwardly on air. So um, that is a concern. But then there's also the wrinkle of Alex Caruso, who has had a series of real nagging injuries, um, you know, basically since the season has started. And while he's not a starter, um, anyone who's a Laker fan knows how important he is to our victories. You know, he's usually in there in the fourth quarter. He's usually in there guarding, you know, a very tough perimeter player, and he's struggling enough for, for, like, switches and things like that. And the most important thing to remember is that when Vogel needed someone to step in and start game six, he went with Caruso. So that tells you how the organization feels about him too. So I think him and his health, while not on the same level as the first three concerns, still is something to think about because he may not drop 25 a game, but clearly he is someone that the Lakers value and lean on in big moments. Okay, I, I don't want to make this about me, or I don't want this to be misinterpreted as I don't think Alex Caruso is an important piece of their rotation because I absolutely think that that is the case. However, I don't know if I would equate him in this conversation to the other three, and I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I, I would, would draw a, a, a line in the sand there and be like, Alex Caruso is important, but if – if Alex Caruso is not available during the finals, I still think the Lakers are probably going to win a championship is the way I would say it. Now, will it be a little more difficult? Sure. Yeah. 
But this is why they're deep from a perimeter standpoint, because I think that they are guys that can fill that potential void. Um, I, I think that the, the issues that they're having, and Scott, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I think the bigger things are AD kind of struggling with some nagging injuries, right? Been in and out of the lineup, et cetera, et cetera. To me, that's where I would go. And again, that's not a shot at Alice Caruso. Alice Caruso is great. I love the Caruso. Okay. Um, but I, I just don't put him in that class. I think the, the, the other way to maybe look at it would be like this. If LeBron were fully healthy and AD were fully healthy and the Lakers lost in the finals and Caruso was not available, would anybody say this? You know, the reason the Lakers lost is because Caruso was out. So I don't think anybody... I mean, there would, would be some people because there's always some people that say something. You know what I'm saying? But I, I would not attribute that to being the biggest reason. Now, granted, we're just doing this mythical thing. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. But I think that LZ's point is right on. That when, when they needed him in game six, they started him. They believed in him. And I, I just get the sense from the players that, that Caruso is, you know, he's, he's a heart and soul kind of a player. He's the kind of guy that every time he's out on the floor, you feel like he's going to give you everything he's got. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like, you know, he might, I think to, to LZ's point, he's a piece of the puzzle, you know? Um, is he the most important piece? No, that's LeBron. Is he the second most important piece? No, that's AD. I mean, but further down, seven, eight, six, seven, eight, he's a piece of the puzzle. Sure. And you'd like to have that kind of guy. Eight, seven, seven. I, I wouldn't put him that low. Where would, you put, would you put him? Seven or eight, that's kind of low. Oh, I got up to six, though. He like did at the say end, six. I got up to six. <laughs> he did say six. Well, who's five? Um, All good right. question. Go ahead. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Who would you say is five? So, I, 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 here's where I would go first, okay? I think clearly LeBron and AD are one and two. I think after that, Schroeder and Harrell are three and four in some combination. I actually think that the Lakers – for as great as Caruso was last year, and he was, Kyle Kuzma also had a really important role in their best lineups last season in the postseason. Equally as important as Alex Caruso. Very close net rating. They were very much kind of neck and neck in that regard. So I would put I would put Kuz there just because I think Kuz, and I had this conversation with Frank Vogel when I did one of their games a couple weeks ago. He said to me this, or he said this to me. He said, Kyle Kuzma has come in and accepted a role, and he is happy to be the best he can be in that role. Now, we touched on kind of the money aspect of it a while back, and that kind of calming the waters some, and I do think that played a huge role. But he said to me, Kyle is asked to guard the best player on the other side, and he has been so much better defensively than he was, and I just think he's a more well-rounded offensive player than he's been in the past, and because he's more willing uh, to be a participant as a role player, I think he is more important. Uh, plus, he's got size on his side. So that's at number five, though, right? Right. So I would say, I could say then, after that, Caruso's in this 6-7 category with, like, KCP. Like, that's, that's where I have him. So I don't think, I think 6 or 7 is about right for me. How about THT? 
He's a pup still, though. You know, I'm just like, asking where you have him. I mean, is he's he still is a he pup. eight nine? Like, I, I don't think you need. To, yeah, I think he's after those dudes. Like, I think he's in the nine man rotation. Yeah. Well, listen, I I would like to see Alex Caruso get healthy and get back. To me, he's a piece of the puzzle. He's a heart and soul player. He's a give you everything he's got on both ends of the floor. Um, he can be clutch. He's proven to be clutch at times. That's a piece of the puzzle I'd like to have back. I think you could win without him, but I'd really like to have him. 877-710-ESPN. Feel free to hit us up with your biggest concern with what's going on with the Lakers. Uh, where are you on this Alex Caruso conversation on where he ranks in the hierarchy? Um, and Greg, didn't you say we had news on Caruso? Uh, he is probable for tomorrow night against Memphis. Okay, fair enough. So that, that is good news. All right, we'll get into some of that on the other side. Um, we've got a big birthday to get to coming up in just a moment. We're going to touch on that. Um, but we'll open up the phones, 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. By the way, speaking of the phones, no one called in today to win the $360. So you know what that means. We got a rollover, baby. 540 tomorrow, $540 in cash and effectivo for you to win. All you got to do is register right now. Text the word mission, M-I-S-S-I-O-N, to this number, 40705. Text the word mission to 40705. We'll open up the phones for you. We got a big birthday to celebrate. We'll get to that in two minutes. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Oh, the anniversary. We've got a birthday and we've got an anniversary. A sad anniversary because today was the anniversary of Whitney Houston's passing. Man, you know, it's funny. We were talking about this. Cap, were you around when LZ and I were talking about Bobby Brown and Whitney Houston? You weren't here yet, right? Was, was that last week, here. LZ? Yeah, I don't think he was here. Yeah, it was last week. And... When those two got married, like, I thought initially, like, wow, what a power couple. And I would have never. What? I, you <laughs> did? I did. Oh, man. <laughs> Why okay. would you think, LZ? What, I think what everyone else was thinking. What the hell? What is she doing with him? <laughs> oh, well, there's that part of it. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he was a bad boy. But everybody marries the bad boy at some point, you know, when you're in, Hollywood, when you're in entertainment, you know? But she seemed so classy, and she seemed, like, classy and sophisticated, and he seemed, like, um, not classy and sophisticated compared to Whitney Houston. And it seemed like, I don't know, I always felt like she, I thought she was, like, older because she was classy and sophisticated. I don't know. I never understood that marriage. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I just thought they would like. Did they collaborate, LZ? They did a god awful song together. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like I'm sure they were in love with each other. All the documentaries that I've seen um, have all pointed to Whitney having, um, you know, drug issues prior to them getting married. So it's right. not like Bobby dragged her down or anything right. like that. Because people blamed Bobby for that stuff. Well, I mean, he has an image. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't have any problems leaning into that image. But the truth is, is that she had the issue before they got married. Um, it's just sad that even though she had the issue before they got married, that he couldn't find a way to get her the help that she needed um, so that she could still be with us. Not putting it all on him, but just saying, you know, it's sad that he or her mom or someone close in her inner circle couldn't find a way to get her the real help that she needed. Yeah, I I agree. It it is one of those that you're just like, man, what could have been? You know what I'm saying? Um, now, but you got a lot of those, though. I mean, there, there's, there's, yeah. it's not just what yeah. you see. I mean, there's a lot of times oh, sure. artists are, are, and it, we don't really, we don't know it. You know, like there was about um, a year ago or so. I don't know if you guys remember. Uh, he's a great singer, a guy named Chris Cornell. Do you guys remember him? Oh, of course. Know? Yeah, Chris Cornell is an amazing, amazing singer, and um, and you know he's like 50 years old, 49, 50 years old, and you know took his own life. And you're like, wait a second, dude, you got. You got money, you got fame, you got a great family, you got healthy children, you can do whatever you want in your life at this point. And, you know, his problems, I don't think his were necessarily um, chemical as much as they were mental health issues. But mm-hmm. you're like, gosh, how, how do you not get the help? You know, it's such a shame. Yeah, for sure. And then on the flip side, we've got a birthday to celebrate today and Jennifer Aniston, who, Cap, you delusionally believe you're going to end up dating her at some point. Yes, let me just take a moment to wish Jennifer Aniston a happy 52nd birthday. I don't know why, but I still feel like at some point we're going to get together. It's I don't know when. You know, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very happy right now in the relationship that I'm in, and it's, it's progressing very nicely. You know, but um, I don't know why, but there's something somewhere that tells me that Jennifer Aniston and I are someday going to be together. And I hope that that happens, you know. <laughs> you don't give I'm me sure, much shot, do you? I'm sure she's listening, thinking I didn't think he noticed me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Excellent point, Elsie. <laughs> so, Elsie? Yeah, I think that's it. She's probably <laughs> in her car now. You know, big Laker fan, maybe. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, "Yeah, I, I, I'm with LZ. I think Caruso needs more respect, right? On on the hierarchy, uh, you know, as far as the Lakers are concerned." And uh, then heard this, like, "There he is." You know what? It's time. It is time. It is time. <laughs> time. It really is. I will know? say that I didn't really get it before because, like, Friends isn't like a funny show, but our movies were good. Yes, but our movies I, were great. But I didn't know just how stunning she really was until I ran into her at a party. And I was like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Right. And I was she's like, just she's, still. She's, she's, she's really a beautiful, beautiful woman. Yeah. Horrible Bosses to me is one of the funniest funny. roles that she's funny ever oh, yeah. That's yeah. a funny yeah. movie. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So good. She, she needed to break free from that, that show so that she could go and really push herself as an actress. And it's been really wonderful to watch because yeah. she's extremely talented. Can I hear about this party? I just want to hear about the party. Where, where oh, yeah. were you guys? What were you doing? How'd you? And did you get like real time with her? Oh man, I don't, I don't want to name drop and stuff. I'm just saying that I was. With I mean, her you already did. You need to pick that one because, up. You know? Because I needed to explain yeah. the transition from <laughs> not thinking she was anything to yeah. oh, I get it now. Right, yeah. right. I mean, come on, whose party was that? So it's also Brandy's birthday. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's Moesha. I will name drop. By the way. If I go to a party and I get to hang out with Jennifer Aniston, I'm telling you whose party it's at. You go right ahead. <laughs> um, well, happy birthday, Brandy, as well. Let's go to the phones. Jonathan and Downey. What's up, Jonathan? Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, first things first, um, first, um, long-time uh, uh, listener, 
uh, first time caller, but my uh, wife is going to kill me right now because I'm literally right in front of Vallarta Market. She wants a whole grip of things, but, but I've been a whole for like, I mean, I've been ca- trying to call you guys for the last 20 minutes. She wants cilantro, she wants tomatoes, but I want to make it clear. Why are you guys so in love with Troy Bauer? Have you seen the stats? The guy put a 163 ERA in a 60-game season. Before that, he was it was a four point something ERA guy, and you're gonna give you guys a, well first first things first. I'm a Yankee fan. Okay, <laughs> you should have said that first. Well, oh, okay, all right, we get it, LZ. How about you? Stick with <laughs> I'm just saying. Hey, ain't you, nothing wrong you, with that. Okay, that's what ba- I'm gonna say. You buried ain't the lead. Nothing wrong with being a Yankee. You're fan. like, why are y'all getting the pride? He always losing the finals. Oh, by the way, I'm okay. a Celtics another fan. Another thing, LZ. Another <laughs> thing, LZ. You think that? Oh my God, we can go back to back. Hey, how about my Yankees? All right. How about we gonna meet you guys right there, and then we are gonna celebrate in the boats over there? Probably well, you never know. The, the maybe, the maybe if you sign, too, maybe if you sign Trevor Bauer, you have the a chance of getting there, but you don't have any pitching. Oh, stop it, Stop it. You know Trevor Bauer is not no Garrett Cole. Stop it. Garrett Cole was no Garrett Cole is better than Trevor Bauer for sure. But the Yankees need. Look, I'm a Yankee fan. The Yankees need more than Garrett Cole. They need some health in their rotation too. Like they, you know, their pitching staff is better than it's been in a couple years, but I don't think it's as good as the Dodgers. And by the way, so Trevor Bauer, I will explain, um, he has added several, not only several pitches to his arsenal, but several variation of pitches to his arsenal. So like his fastball um, has different movement on it uh, that he discovered, you know, he tried and experimented with some stuff last year, hence why he was so much more effective. Same thing with his curveball. Um, Bergman, right? I, I know that that was something you and I discussed not that long ago. Yes, he's changed up. to. He has two different types of curveballs, so he's going to have it at different arm angles, and he also has a couple different variations to his changeup. Yeah. So you don't know where it's coming from. See, that was Gregory Bergman, the journalist. Ooh, the there. journalist. So there you go. Yeah, there so you go. Much better. You um, paid your it, dues yet to the NABJ? <laughs> or, <laughs> I'm not paying dues to anything. Yeah, you could. Or, you or, know, or you're paying dues. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, you better. Uh, Mike in Pomona. Mike, what's up? Hey, what's up, fellas? Thanks for the entertainment every night, man, first and foremost. And lastly, yes, go Bucks, baby. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> now, Caruso, he's a number six spot, man, straight up. Reason being, he could come off the bench, end of the game, he's in with the starters, right? So he's a big part of the piece. I don't think we can win without him because his defense is ridiculous, you know, let alone when he gets hot, start shooting. And then secondly, AD, you know, I thought after winning the championship, AD is going to grow up take the roles of LeBron James, let LeBron James relax in the season, but that's not what's happening. seems like LeBron's playing too much, going too hard. You know what I mean? We don't know how long this season's going to be. We don't know how short it's going to be. And it looks like AD just needs to grow up, man. You know, take the reins of LA. Um, You know, it's funny you say that, and thank you for the call, pal, Um, and have a great night, and all of you stay healthy and stay safe. You know, we, we did talk about that. You know, LeBron trying to pass the, the proverbial torch to him. And, you know, there's still some questions, I feel like, in that regard. Is that fair, LZ? Well, I don't think it is because we know he's been hurt all season. And I don't want to judge a guy on his ability to lead if we know he's not 100%. Hmm. In fact, we already knew, based upon reporting, towards the end of the postseason, he wasn't 100%. So, 
you know, who knows how he would feel, how he would play, how aggressive he would be if he could trust his ankle, if he could trust his knee. But right now he's just, you know, gritting it out, which is fantastic. Um, but as far as taking over the reins cap, um, I think that we need to make sure he's healthy first before we give him that extra workload. I just don't know that anybody can take over any reins. I mean, I guess you could be, you could be groomed to eventually take over the reins, but as long as LeBron is playing LeBron's team, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah. so for the most part, right? I mean, it was always Steve Nash's team, but Amari Stoudemire was that dude. So that's what I kind of mean. Like, you could, you could co-captain, you know, like it was Shaq's team, but Kobe was that dude. Right. So you can co-captain, and right now I think that's what they're doing. It's just that we need to lean on LeBron a little bit more because our other dude just isn't healthy right now. 877-710-ESPN if you want to hop aboard, 877-710-3776. Coming up next, we'll take more of your calls. Plus, I saw a documentary. I literally just ran into a documentary my wife was watching, and I literally wouldn't get up to even go to the bathroom because I was so engaged in what the hell I was watching. I got to relay this to you coming up in just a second. Sedano, LZ, and Cap. By the way, the debut of Travis and Sliwa coming up after us here. So make sure you stick around for that. Very cool. Um, so we're playing Britney because last night my wife is watching a documentary. I was in my office watching a game and, and doing some work and, you know, I shut down the computer. I, I head, you know, to the living room and she's watching a Britney Spears thing. Right. And I was like, what are you watching? She's like, oh, it's just a Hulu documentary, an FX documentary on Britney Spears. And I was like, oh, how long have you been watching? She's like, oh, just a couple minutes. So. I'm like, all right, cool. So I start sitting down, and I start watching, and I can't get up, okay? Because, look, I, I mean, I think we all know her backstory to some extent, right? Like, you know, child star, right? All the stuff that came with that fame, fortune, right? Mickey Mouse Club, all that. And But the stuff that was the most intriguing to me about this documentary was she has something called a conservator which basically is, even as an adult, they don't feel you have your, for lack of a better phrase, um, cognitive wits about you to make important decisions. So her pops stepped in and is her conservator, even now in her 40s. And the documentary is a lot about that and how the people around her would always like say, she doesn't want her dad being this person in charge. She, she would want, like, a number of people um, that weren't him to be in charge because they feel like maybe there's some nefarious things going on there. But it is wild that she do- she's a 40-something-year-old woman and doesn't have control of her own life, her own finances. And I was just blown away by that because I didn't know. I asked my wife. I said, this is still a thing? She's like, yep. I'm like, wow. And to get it reversed is almost – I mean, it is so hard based on the way that they described it and the lawyers that they spoke to. I was just really just blown away by everything that transpired in the documentary and just the process of her trying to get out of it and then still stuck in it and just her just being like, whatever, dude, I just got to, this is the life I got to live. I don't know if I could deal with that, with someone controlling basically every aspect of my life in my 40s. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so unfortunate, you know, and 
I, I feel bad for her. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand, you know, initially, you know, needing someone to kind of make sure that her finances were right and her children right. were taken care of and things like that because right. she because, was... Right, because LZ, to your point, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but it, I, I left this part out of the story. Obviously, he became the conservator when she had that mental health breakdown, right? When she shaved right. her head and she went after the paparazzi and all that stuff. Like, that started then, but... That was a long time ago. That was like 15 plus years ago, 16 yeah. years ago. Like, think about that. Like, that's wild. It is wild. But, you know, it's she got done wrong by a family. And it's unfortunate, but we've seen multiple episodes in which a child star uh, gets done wrong by the people who are supposed to protect them. I just have a question, George. First of all, is this a uh, an unauthorized documentary? Because, you know, like the Tiger Woods documentary is an example it's not like he authorized it and he cooperated in any way. Was oh, no, she... that's not true. I saw Tiger in that documentary in the last episode at the end for like no, no, a but minute. He's... No, no, but he's not um, – that's not uh, something where he did an interview for the documentary. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So what, what I'm asking is, like, do, do you see how she lives now? Uh, you do. You do. You do. Now, the dad did not speak, but there's plenty of footage, right, about them. Um, and they reference – it is unauthorized because they reference her Instagram page, which I had never seen. Why the hell would I follow Britney Spears on Instagram? But you go on Instagram and you're like, whoa. Uh, and you can kind of see almost like her still being childlike in some ways. And almost like it feels like a call for help to LZ's point earlier. And, and you know, there's this viral campaign, hashtag free Britney. And they get into that in the, in the documentary and how – you know, famous people were like, felt like she was being manipulated. Like it, I'm telling you, if you watch this thing, it's pretty fast. It's like, I want to say less than two hours, but it goes really, really fast and really, really interesting watch. I thought they were always kind of weird. Wasn't the family weird from the beginning? Wasn't there like a whole control thing, even when her, and doesn't she have a sister? When she does were, have a sister, Jamie yeah. Lynn. Yeah. yeah. And, and did they show how she lives now? Cause you would think that Britney Spears, if I had to take a guess, I mean, right, isn't Britney Spears worth, I don't know, 50, 100 million, 200, 300 probably million dollars? Yeah, probably more uh, than yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, she's like she's very, very wealthy, right? I mean, all of her music. So does she get to live the life that you would expect? Does she live, you know, up on Mulholland? Is she, you know, does she have a big fat house? Does she live behind gates? I, I mean, they, yeah, they showed some of that stuff, but there's very little of that. It's more about just like the crazy part of like her stardom into that episode th th that she had when she shaved her head and then from there it really just takes off into like the lack of control she had in her life and how everything was spiraling including her, her lack of ability to manage anything any aspect of her life forget about just finances right like she can't make any decision without her conservator her dad signing off on it and that was something apparently she did not want Weird. Yeah, it sucks. Where do I see this Britney Spears documentary Hulu. when I get done with Succession? Hulu. Yeah. Hulu. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it is definitely worth your time to watch. It is a quick watch. It's really, really riveting, I, I thought. And uh, honestly, I, again, because I, maybe I'm just not her the biggest Britney fan, um, I, I was like, whoa. It, it was pretty wild to watch. I mean, but LZ, to your point, child stars, I mean, you know, not to be too cliche or stereotypical, but there's not a lot of stories of you know where where they didn't turn out to have some semblance of you know discombobulation in their life or or just you know a, a lack of 
just normalcy, right? It's hard. You know, it's really, really difficult when you look at, regardless of the industry, music, theater, movies, television, there's a lot of, let's say, disappointing endings to fantastic starts. Well, what I would say, the one of my biggest takeaways from it, too, was also this, uh, LZ and Scott, was, you know, I, I know everybody wants to be famous, right? Well, not everybody, but a yeah, lot of people yeah, want to be famous, yeah. and especially nowadays, right, with like, uh, you know, reality television and all How about that stuff. TikTok? Yeah, yeah, you can be famous yeah. on TikTok. Right. It, it, you know, but... Real fame like that, where you can't go anywhere in the world, you know, like she, man, that's hard. Because when, when she had that breakdown, the paparazzi, the way they were hounding her, oh, following dude. her, she was yeah. the butt of every joke on every late night show or any show for that matter. Like, man, you can't get, you couldn't get away from it. And then I started to think, yeah, man, even like I felt bad because even I, when I was doing radio, you know, you'd make a, you'd take a pot shot you know, at her, you know, back in 2004. And it's just like, man, I feel icky for doing it now, mm -hmm. knowing, like, thinking now, because, you know, I was a punk 20-something years old. What the hell did I, you know? I didn't know anything about life, you know? Like, but now as an adult, I think back, and I was like, holy crap, that had to be hard to deal with. Yeah, LZ, you talk about all the different industries where, you know, kids, when they're stars, when they're young, I mean, listen, it goes uh, for me. If you guys haven't seen the Tiger Woods documentary, I found it to be very interesting. Not yeah. that not that I didn't know most of it, but there were some things about Tiger Woods childhood that I did not know that when you see how he behaved when he came crashing down, you kind of go, oh, well, the seed was planted a long time ago by his father. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that. I don't know. I no, mean, no, it, no. I saw it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, mean, his listen. father's at the, at the, at the, the, he's on the green practicing his putting. And he's and in the trailer. Right. With a lady friend. You know Getting what I'm saying? Dirty. Yeah. Yeah. And, in you know, so like a lot of people who were close to him back then were saying that, yeah, he's, you know, this is what he witnessed. You know what I mean? And, you know, my grandma used to have a saying, dime con quien andas y te digo quien eres. Um, Laura, have you heard that saying before? All the time from my mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's basically tell me who you surround yourself with and I'll tell you who you are or will become. Huh? Well, that's pretty good. Wise woman. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really good in Spanish too, right? Yeah, it does. I got to see this. I'm going to watch a Britney Spears documentary. Tonight? You're in? I don't know about tonight. I mean, there's some basketball on tonight. You can... I got to figure out how I'm going to find Hulu, you know? Wait, you're not going to find Hulu? There's an I app. Apple, I got Apple TV. I got YouTube TV. Do I have Hulu? I mean, I don't know. Do you? The I, hell I do got I Disney know? Plus. I got it, other You can get services. Hulu and Disney Plus and ESPN Plus together as a bundle. So, um, All right. Coming up next, the Travis and Sliwa Show, the debut. Make sure you tune in. LZ, excellent work as always. You too, brother. Cap, excellent work as always. My man. Greg and Laura, great job. Travis and Sliwa, coming up next. Stick around. And Jesse is out there, too, producing the show. And uh, <laughs> make sure you tune in to us tomorrow. We're giving away $540 at 4.30. Tune in. Text the word MISSION to 40705. Travis and Sliwa, next. Talk to you tomorrow. See you.